0: Listening to www.infinite smile.org. Enjoy the Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister.
1: When we're on retreats, like we are now, the habits of our day-to-day get shaken just a little bit, sometimes a great deal. But I was reminded as I was on my way down here to our Zendo at around 5, I don't know, 5.40, something like that, just how amazing the a clear morning sky is up in the mountains and it was kind of like a, oh yeah, which is exactly what awakening is. It's an, oh yeah, it's not showing you anything new, it's showing you what's always already there. And that comes when there is an intimacy with all things, including and perhaps most especially the self when we develop an intimacy with the self, with our own experience, all of a sudden the inertia of our day to day begins to kind of fly apart. And a stasis shows up, kind of a a peace, a calm. And it was so interesting because last night as we began this retreat, I asked each of you to just write down, you know, this, this dream or wish I guess wishes and dreams are kind of different. Wishes are something you kind of long for and dreams are things you kind of actualize, kind of shoot for. And what I saw, I broke, I broke the stuff down and basically everything fell into two categories, glaring categories that everybody seemed to throw out there. And it was more or less basically... I need rest and I need to find out who I really am. So, what are we <laughs> and those are the you know, easily are going to be the uh, the two uh, the two big uh, big questions that are going to going to show up on most spiritual um dockets, you know? <laughs> let's see. Total peace and who am I? Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but they were written in such tender ways and so forth. It was it was really beautiful as I was sitting there kind of reading these things. How do I develop intimacy? That's kind of the theme of this intensive, of this retreat. Intimacy, it, it's so often seen as just a label for sexual union, when in fact intimacy is... For all union, intimacy, being right with our experience as it is without trying to push it or pull it, manage it, adjust it, just being right there with our experience is the way that we find peace, is the way that we uncover that which is true in us, that which is this big self. So miraculously everything seems to fit together. We, by sitting here, begin to listen for who we are. We begin to listen very carefully for who this thing we call by a certain name and everybody else calls us by. We can begin to listen to what really is that. Once that happens, we can begin to be intimate with others from a place of wholeness rather than a place of division. How often have we run into a situation where we are all about helping somebody else at the expense of helping ourselves? We think it'll help it'll help us feel better, but remember, feelings come and go. Our awareness only can expand in this practice. It just keeps deepening and deepening and deepening. Feelings may, you know, we may have, you know, this feels good. Ooh, that doesn't feel good or whatever. But our awareness, our awareness doesn't change the more we actually begin to inhabit it and let it inhabit us in this experience. We begin to uncover a presence. And this presence really shows up in stillness, not only as we physicalize the stillness, but also as we move with it as we begin to recognize each other in silence. It doesn't mean we deny where the other person is by kind of passing him on the path, you know, maybe giving him you know, a salute or something like that, but actually being with them alone together allows us to study that in us which resists. Oh, I want to go say hi. Ooh, wow, that's cool, that's gold. That is gold for a practitioner. You have a pull in one way or other. But when we come at the experience of just a retreat like this at our sitting or at our meal from a place of stillness, it's just me and the brown rice soup and the spoon and you're right there with it. It's just me and my wife napping on this bed, and you're right there with it. If you're just right there with everything, presence begins to literally just kind of take over in an effortless way. It's not something you gas. You don't turn it up. You just kind of unfold into it. And in this place, we don't find the... Typical judgments. We don't hear the typical voices in our heads. The voice of our mother or our father that's just kind of chiming in. We've actually gone past that. Ego will use those as just amazing tools to keep us from finding that presence. To keep us from finding that in us which is beyond the reach of ego. Ego does not want us to go there because then it obviously is not in charge. So it uses all sorts of really cool tricks to keep us confined, to keep us squished, as we pointed out. When we're still, we get a chance to look at our attachments. When we're still, we have a renewed sense of negativity when it arises. I want to be really, really clear about this. Um, Intimacy with our experience as it exists day to day generally um, can take us into a direction of opening. Ah, This feels so much better. But since it's a feeling and feelings are temporary and it goes away, then we're like, oh, this doesn't feel as good. I want to get that again, right? We get lost in the feeling as opposed to the awareness. The awareness will allow for bliss and anguish to arise equally because the awareness doesn't manage it. The awareness just is aware of it as it arises within our experience, our awareness then has this really interesting, I don't wanna say this, the more aware that we become essentially, the more the negativity can hurt, the more prickly experience can get. Awareness is the opposite of numbness or indifference, okay? And so when we use our habits to numb our experience so that we don't feel that which is prickly so much, we simultaneously don't feel that which is glorious so intensely. So then the stillness actually, and unfortunately for people just looking for some feel-good stuff, it creates a broadening of our sense of exposure. We feel exposed much more. Intimacy with that allows us to, instead of toughen up or create calluses on the self system that we have, it actually takes even more off, so that there is a almost a, I hate to use the metaphor because it'll it'll look so ugly in your mind. So I'm going to use it anyway. A skinlessness to our experience. as we start stripping away stuff goes through us it doesn't mean that we don't experience it but it doesn't catch us in the same way we become in this world but not of it, so to speak It takes work but finding our negativity finding and studying it becoming intimate with it, not pushing it away. Oh, that's negative, I'm not going there. Rather than doing that, recognizing it's arising allows us to uncover what's underneath. Where did, it, where did our negativity arise from? Well, it was offered from the infinite, just like everything else, but it was filtered through ego. Ego then creates a story around things that it doesn't want to face, that it doesn't want to do. And man, it knows how to get you. It's incredible. It's incredible, the little things in our heads and in our experience that really zing us, all right? Ego will use those the more aware, paradoxically, the more aware we become. The more aware we become, the more ego fights dirty and really tries to get us Get us back. Let me manage the situation, please. I know what I'm doing. Okay, it does. It knows exactly what it's doing. Exactly what it's doing. It's controlling the entire experience. So, when negativity arises, it's been called all sorts of different great names. Great names. uh, Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body. When the pain body arises, or in his his amazing accent, when the pain body arises, watch it. (laughs) You know, we just watch the pain body, right? I like negativity because negativity actually encapsulates more. Anything in relationship to time, future, can increase our negativity, Right? past can increase our negativity. We don't want the pain that we experienced then to happen then, so therefore, so negativity basically is entirely a facet, a big one, a facet of ego. So if at any point in time this weekend you start feeling yourself getting afraid, getting tense, getting jittery, getting just varying degrees of negativity, is it intense negativity like I want to scream? Or is it just low-grade anxiety? Study the negativity. Put another way, become intimate with that negativity. The intimacy with that negativity frees us from it. In other words, if we're watching the negativity, this is absolutely key. If we're watching the negativity, what happens is it can't grab us. If we are watching it, if we are intimate with the negativity, it has nothing to hold on to. It's as if we put grease all over us and it's just, it's just, it can't, it can't grab on. Our presence, our presence is infinite. Our negativity is bound. So as we become aware, as that aware presence becomes aware of the negativity. It can't grab on. It will fight harder. We just continue to watch it without flinching. And it begins to ease like all other things. It will show up in waves, okay? But it'll also recede. It'll show up and it'll recede. This allows us, when we start feeling this kind of, this this ease that accompanies that type of experience, we no longer have the need so much anymore to point fingers to blame we don't get defensive don't act as as judgmentally we don't blame either externally or internally everything just kinda eases up and that can be absolutely freaky because it's generally a space that we're not terribly familiar with And as a space that we're not terribly familiar with, it feels like chaos. It feels like, uh, 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 now what happens? I don't know. Let's find out. Every single Buddha has gone this path before. Every single Buddha has gone on this path. So we can trust it to a certain extent. We can trust that this time-honored tradition that this time-honored teaching, that this experience of opening, of observing, of generating a deep intimacy with our experience takes us out of a lack of awareness and puts us into a total awareness. We actually become that awareness. We start recognizing that all things that arise All things that arise, arise within our awareness. All things arise within us. and It's not something typically that our mind will understand. How could everything arise within us? It can't. Well, if you're bound by your body, or you're bound by your thoughts, or you're bound by past and future, you're right but that in you which is aware of your body, that in you which is aware of your thoughts, that of you, in you which is aware of past and future. Everything arises within that. Everything arises within you. And as I said before, we call that openness, we call it emptiness. It arises within this emptiness that we, that's been given a name. Maybe it's Michael, maybe it's Jeannie, Barb, Brad, Allie, Barbara, Wes, Sheila, whatever. It arises within that, but it's miraculously total. It's full. That's on the personal side of things. That's on the the us side of things. That's on the me side. Oh, this is what I have to gain. Cool. Right? But that would only be partial because we're talking about everyone else too. What does this mean in the broader sense? It means that you no longer have to react to anyone else's negativity. The minute you become intimate with your own negativity is the minute you are no longer caught by others' negativity. It means that there's no longer an us versus them or a me versus her or him or whatever. It's not it's it's non-dual. It's a non-dual experience. It's together. And we begin to see that they, whoever they might be, are not their unconsciousness. They are not their idiocy or their small mindedness or their political stupidity, whatever, whatever it is, they, they are not that. They are much more than that. But your ego loves to give them that name because then it has something to cling to. I've put them in a box. Now I can hold it. That's the ego's job. The ego's job is to create and carry baggage for us. Somebody has a lot of baggage, they have a lot of ego. When we do this practice of kind of becoming really intimate with our uh, our experience, with our negativity, we start to uh, let this kind of unattached knowing that goes beyond our mind, because we can watch our mind, our awareness can watch our mind, and beyond time, because our awareness is aware of time, okay, we let this actually create an unfolding of deepening consciousness, ever deepening consciousness consciousness for all people. <laughs> the uh, thing that, this always used to just totally bum me out when I was, when I was practicing uh, uh, as a young, young monk Uh, it's like right out of college and I remember somebody was telling me along these lines, they're saying look if you um, if you just uh, if you just recognize that this entire process of awakening will, will only ever happen now, it only happens in the now, it won't happen in the future it will happen in the now, I remember thinking why don't you either explain that or shut up because I have no idea what you're, ta- what you're talking about. That makes no sense, pal. <laughs> but if we think about this, it's all the blabbing that I've just kind of gone through, which as I've said, they're only words, so they're precisely wrong, okay? Everything that I've been talking about this whole idea of awareness, just be aware and watch the negativity, become intimate with your negativity, become intimate with your positivity, become intimate with all aspects of your life, and then we actually carry it into our day-to-day, everything that I'm talking about here can happen right now. If you are aware of my voice right now, okay. if you are aware of the feeling of weight on your tuchus right now, Okay, If you're feeling, that means but. It's Yiddish. If, you're aware, if you are aware of the temperature, the light, the fly that's in this room, if you're aware of that stuff, it's here already. All of that just arose in your awareness. It arose within you. The minute or moment that something happens like, oh, there's a fly in here. They have germs, right? Or, yeah, the temperature in this room, it's hot. It's that split second afterwards that what we want to do is short circuit. And we short circuit that, but we just unplug it. Stillness is is what unplugs that process. It's like experience, uh, interpretation. Experience, uh, interpretation. And we sort it. And the stillness that we're talking about helps us stop that process. We no longer need to file Jack. We don't have to file anything. We just exist. And that happens in the now. Now it took me years and years and years to kind of understand that slash kind of be able to articulate it. But I remember it was so frustrating when I first heard that. It will only happen, your awakening will only happen now. But it's true. It's not going to happen in the future. It's going to happen in the now. It's not something you've lost and you come back to. Okay? It unfolds in the present moment, as the present moment, through the present moment, with the present moment. It just unfolds. I just wanted to bring up a couple other quick things that from this intimacy with present moment experience, from this intimacy with and as awareness, we begin to see some stuff. First of all, we act from a place that is giving. We begin to see the seductive calls of ego for what they are. we begin to see that egoic action is unconsciousness and we see that unconsciousness will feed on itself to generate the troops internally necessary for war and the minute we are in war meaning the minute we are divided we are helping generate we're helping to generate suffering for everyone So this is critical work here actually to kind of bring ourselves together to the point of no self. And then we can become truly helpful for all other people in a really effortless way that doesn't have any egoic attachment whatsoever associated with it or affiliated with it. We become helpfulness. We become bodhisattvas. We become saints without any need for sainthood without any need for being recognized, without any need for anything. We begin to see also that there isn't really evil per se. We begin to see that there are varying degrees of unconsciousness in the world. We begin to see that there are varying degrees of people attaching to things, just clinging to things and we can look at those that are clinging so desperately with compassion instead of with more clinging. We begin to see that there are no problems, really. There are circumstances that demand our attention, our intention, our intimacy. There are situations, circumstances that require that that demand that of us. But there aren't problems. Problems are what the ego needs. Problems are the blood flow of ego. okay? The minute we start seeing that they're not problems, they're just situations that need our awakened attention that changes the whole game. So when we give our full attention, When we give everything, our full awareness, our intimacy, a generous intention begins to start to just fly through us. And it's not something we really even need to control. It just kind of happens. It's never forced. It just is natural, a spontaneous outcropping of giving in the service of all which includes us and this invariably yields an appropriate response to whatever whatever's coming up whatever is arising within us whatever's arising within this awareness we become an appropriate response and this is Buddha Actually, if you look at the yin yang symbol, you see the merger of both good and bad, right, wrong, yes, no, black, white, all that stuff. All dualism is right there in that beautiful symbol, right? What I'm talking about is that is the realm of ego. Okay? Always. Okay? And people, to varying degrees, are caught by that symbol either close to the center where everything is really contracted or they're out on the close to the fringes, and when they're close to the fringes, they actually can get on the other side of the symbol. And what's on the other side of the symbol? Awareness. And in that awareness, we can begin to watch the interplay of that yin and yang. It's not that there isn't good and bad in the world, of course there is, okay? But what actually helps the process along helps our, literally our spiritual evolution along and everything else, is not being caught or stuck in right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no, because those are all opinions. What helps us is when we are on the other side and we can watch those opinions, yours and mine and everybody else's, and then act from that place that is no longer bound by either black or white. We're in another space, it's more expansive, okay? Okay. So yin and yang, I think, is a, it's, a, it's a marvelous description of the egoic experience. They're merged together. You can't have right without wrong, right? But you can't have either right or wrong without ego. Because ego is what judges it. Okay? You can have that which is beyond right and wrong, which is what we're teaching here. But if you stay there in the beyond, right and wrong, and you misinterpret that, your ego squeezes in the back door and starts saying things like, oh, so there's no right and wrong? That means I can do whatever I want. That means there are no rules. That's ego. Ego's just made a judgment. When we get on the other side, this is really important too, when we get on the other side of right and wrong, then we can go back into the world of right and wrong and be a force for deepening consciousness which changes the entire color of the black and white that's in that dualistic world. We begin to really affect enormous change. It doesn't mean right and wrong isn't there but it just means that that there's a greater opportunity for people to get on the other side of it and then bring it back home. Go out and then come home. Go out and then come home. I hope that kind of makes sense. I know that might sound kind of heady, but it's a really important thing for us to recognize that actually this, as beautiful as the yin and yang is, the symbol, we can get attached to the symbol. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, dear? Along the same
0: lines, that question of, you say, the negativity or observe the, the right or the wrong. Where is, where is action in any of this? Is there any action in it, or is it simply an internal, most philosophical dialogue of watching this? I guess
1: So, how does action fit into then, once if you get to the place where it's all awake, where...
0: Yeah, Yeah, to make it a little bit more simple, for example. Um, that space where you are finding the negativity arising, and you want to scream, mm-hmm. and you're, you're frustrated with the situation, and you're seeing it come up. Where does the act, you don't you don't obviously scream, you don't obviously fall into the negativity and allow it to consume you. What other action, or where where does action then go? The
1: so the, the the practice, the way the practice has been kind of articulated by people who are far more articulate than I, is in that moment of I got, ah, I'm gonna scream, become intimate with that impulse, okay? The intimacy with the impulse actually lessens its force. We begin to shine the, the spotlight of our awareness on the demon, and the demon has nowhere to go, nowhere to hide, really, it just kind of I've been discovered. We break down the fourth wall on the stage of mind. We see that that egoic thing that is saying, "No, no, I'm going this way, I'm going this way, I'm going this way." When we take our awareness into it, we can actually, on a on a practice level, we can physically feel where are we? Where where am I? Oh boy, man, this one this is just almost overwhelming. And then from that place of uh, of uh, of being with or being intimate with the desire to scream we lessen, we decrease the intensity of the impulse. So that's, that's not just action, that's, that's an, an action that in, in my view is, is a totality. You have to be totally aware in order to do that and you and I could probably tell them stories about how we fail at that every once in a while. You know, in relation to things like, like the really important things in a marriage like dog poop. Um, who's cleaning the dishes? Stuff like that, you know. Why did you open the Chardonnay when I wanted a Pinot? You know.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, the important stuff. But again, like the big goof is the minute we go into you know this the the uh, this place of total bliss is just deciding not to do anything about it. <clears throat> It's going from going into that place of bliss, smelling the rose, and then trying to bring roses back for everybody else to smell. That's key. That's absolutely key to this work. Otherwise, it becomes totally self-indulgent. It becomes, a, in actuality, a, a, a practice of transcendence rather than transcendence and incorporation. In other words, you transcend. You get the experience. You let the experience settle. It kind of percolates through your being and then you bring it back. And that's, it's, it's critical. Otherwise, how are we going to evolve? You know, I don't know if I answered your question, honey. Partly. Partly. But that our, our work, I mean, not only as a couple, but like our work as beings is to, is to make sure we can be intimate with our experience. If we're screaming... We're not being intimate with our experience unless we're being very intimate with the screaming. Is that possible? Sure. But usually when we're really intimate with the screaming, there's this conscious felt sense of stillness. I don't know if if any of you have ever been in a situation where you're crying so hard, where the emotions take you over so much that there's almost a peace within the blubbering while the blubbering is just going on, while the tears are just flowing from your face, there is almost a quietude that you can sense. That's what we're talking about. Except doing that consciously. It allows our work to be, our work is colored differently in the world.
0: on the most mundane level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the coffee machine made you want to scream?
0: Well, that, that's what, that was so uh, helpful to have you uh, answer both of them. Mm-hmm. Because I went through the, the, um, the part of my ego, that diagnosis thing. Mm. And um, <laughs> it was, it just was so consuming. It was but. Uh, but uh, I also noticed
1: um, so let's be clear about this okay. the, the the coffee the coffee <laughs> no. machine was making the, 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 the noise percolation noise the percolation noise. yeah yeah oh wow yeah so,
0: it's a lot so we had
1: an iron lung in the corner of the Zendo <laughs> <laughs>
0: right right and yeah. so I I stayed with it studied mm. my mind in reaction to it and then but but and <laughs> I I uh, noticed one thing is that my my attention did shift after a while. It wasn't. It didn't stay forever on yeah. that distraction. Um, but then there were other things that that the ego was was very active, saying, "Well, what if I just pull the plug <laughs> and that would make it more peaceful? But what about the people who still want coffee?" And um, it was just a, a whole series of little things. So my question is kind of like Ali's question, in a way, in that as I observe and study, then what about action? Right. Um, And my conclusion, of course, was to just stay with it let whatever happens,
1: happen. Right. During the meditation, I think that's a really great way to go during the meditation but also yeah. um, uh, my sense is if after meditation you had gotten up and pulled the plug probably everyone in the room would have gone finally somebody did it right probably yeah. I don't know but <laughs> I don't probably right? either but right. I
0: would have been acting from
1: mm-hmm. you would have been acting from a, you, you would have been acting from an egoic place most likely if it was to no it was to, wasn't yeah I mean you know if it's just like god that's that's bugging the hell out of me i'm pulling the plug uh-huh. i i'm going to take yet at the same time um that's a good one yeah because the thing is it's always something
0: that's why if it's I'm not sure that it
1: makes... you know if it's not that it's going to be something else right uh, I love the story. I may have told you before, so forgive if you've heard this, but it just it cracks me up. This, this writer had rented this uh, villa in um, uh, northern India, and uh, he's up total total seclusion, where he's going to be able to finish this tome that he'd been working on. Um, I'm embellishing this slightly because I don't remember the whole story, so it's my way of compensating by embellishing, but uh, I know that... <laughs> I remember just cracking up when I heard he gets up there, and it's paradise. It's perfect. It is it's just perfect. Two days later, 400 Girl Scouts move oh. into the field that's just below his villa, and they stay there for a month and a half. Six weeks, he's got screaming girls, you know, little girls that, that he said, I had a choice at that moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can either totally accept this. Or I can fight this, or I can leave. He accepted it, and he said it became like music. You know, so the your description of the coffee percolator there being like a a breathing machine. You're right, it did. That's a great way of describing it. But think of all the things that that ego can do in that moment. It's a great practice opportunity. It's a great. I mean. Uh, as much as I'm glad it's off right now, and I don't know if you could really have called that coffee. No. <laughs>
0: you, well, that
1: was another you know, <laughs> another thing that was going on. Right. It's like, well, it's not. It's not really even coffee. Yeah. You'd be better off with green tea. Anyway, and besides, it's better for them. That's just like brown water. <laughs> but the <laughs> still the 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 recognition that no matter what, no matter what, our meditation is going to have, there's going to be an offering. In whatever meditation that we have, there's going to be an offering for something we can react to negatively. But we get to study our negativity. If it's something that's positive, we get to study our positivity. But we get a chance to study. Thank you. <laughs> and by the way, thank you for turning it off. Oh, or was I it Genie? I, <laughs> I was, was exact
0: <laughs> same
1: yeah, well, you know, and as a group, maybe what we do is we just, you know, decide not to have coffee, or we pull the plug. I mean, those are those are great things as a group we can decide on. I would prefer not having respirators in the Zendo personally, but uh, you know, yes, miss.
0: I, I was so caught up in it not being coffee, I didn't even hear the iron one. <laughs> something that um, all those, because I have the exact opposite problem that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Probably, in that I almost appreciate those sounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because my, my mind needs something to fixate on. Mm-hmm. Even when an airplane would fly by, it's almost like it, it flies by and suddenly it's like, hey, pay attention to the present. Stop wandering off. Yeah, and it's like those sounds keep me in check. And once in a while, to suddenly, oh, there's that breathing mechanism in the back. Yeah. pay attention, you know. Yeah. but it's like sometimes I need those things. Otherwise, my, I mean, it's yeah. like I'm having the exact opposite problem everybody else is having. Like, well,
1: I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you there. But but keep in mind that if you if if your mind is like constantly going, I mean, that's that's the the um sometimes we call it just the death rattle. Ego is saying, please don't stay here. I'll keep you thinking. That's what I'll do. Okay, that's what I'll do. I'll do. And so, which is why such a great anchor, if you can develop this sense, is the breath. Because the breath, like spirit, is never not there for you. You can hold it, right? Only so long, and then it takes its, its own course. It's always there. Um, so, this, this goes back to this idea of t- uh, tightening up your practice or, or relaxing a little bit. Um, uh, physical discomfort is kind of part of the game. Why? It keeps us present, okay? This is why we don't have, it's like uh, some people have asked, you know, can I just lay down? Um, you could, yeah, but, but you're gonna miss, miss an opportunity for just a little bit of tension. You wanna have a little bit of tension in this experience. You want the posture as best you can to be straight, okay? You want the legs to, uh, or the butt to ache a little bit. This is why the, the intensive like we're having now, it, 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 cre- it's a, it creates this, this deepening, really cool deepening.